0: This morning, I want to continue in a line of teaching, but also to kind of uh, launch a new theme, all right? For the last um, quarter, all right, of the year, just to focus and align our activities around this theme. And uh, the theme will be uh, finishing 2019 strong, and starting 2020 big. In other words, finishing, all right, you finish 2019 strong, and then you start 2020 big. And the whole idea behind this, concerning finishing this year strong, is that you simply shouldn't give up on your dreams for 2019 yet. Uh, Three months that we have, is more than enough time for God to work out any miracle. Much more than enough time. And in your own mind, you might feel that, all right, the time has gone, nine months is gone. Uh, you experienced maybe cough balls uh, in 2019, and you have allowed the dream that was inside your heart to sleep and the expectation there. Uh, but it is about not giving up on your dreams. Uh, Three months is still out there, and this is abundance of time in the hands of God. But more importantly, I want to talk about four things, you're needed to, all right, look at and examine this morning. I will talk about more as the week goes by. But more important than any other growth-producing practice, in life, more important than any other growth producing practice is the presence and reality of spiritual empowerment. In other words, when a person is not spiritually empowered, then you might have right practices, but it will not yield the desired result. For example, without spiritual presence and reality of this empowerment, a person, for example, the seven sons of Sceva, their practice was right, we adjure you in the name of Jesus, come out. But the devils, what they were saying was that you are not empowered to do this particular thing or to get the result. Uh, Once they try to cast out or to heal a boy, and later on they asked Jesus, why could we not do this? And Jesus went on and said, because of your unbelief, for this one cometh not, or kind, cometh not except by prayer and by fasting. That is, there is a level of empowerment it's going to take to command this result. So, more important than any other practice, growth-producing practice, is the presence and reality of this spiritual empowerment. And so this morning, I want to talk about how to be empowered spiritually there. And it means that we are joined in reality, in our experience, together with God in prayer. And therefore, this leads to God giving us power and wisdom through His Word. So because there is a joining together in fellowship with God in prayer, when we open up the Word of God, we receive power and wisdom through the Scriptures. Now we understand that the way to victory is to pray and then to praise God for the victory. Then carefully, obey the word of God every step of the way. So the way to victory, as David said, I called upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I, or that is the strategy, to be saved from all of my enemies. And so you call upon the Lord with a voice of praise, but then it is important that you then carefully obey the Word of God every step of the way. So every step of the way, you obey God's Word. You look at what the Word of God is saying, and you obey God's Word. Uh, So you are praying about something. uh, Let's say you need a victory in a particular situation. uh, You're praying about it, praising God for the promised victory. You open up the Word of God then every instruction that he gives, obey it, and that's how, all right, there's a release of power and wisdom into your situation. Human solutions, therefore, apart from God's guidance, only brings about more problems and causes the situation to get more complex, all right? So you bring out human solutions, apart from God's guidance, so people can pray and kind of just manufacture, all right? I mean, Dr. Yonggi Cho, when they were going to build their massive church and they got the land, it was in the new city in South Korea. It's just like saying, Eco atlantic so you want to move your church there, and there was nobody there yet. And so they were looking for how to finance the project. Uh, They prayed about it, and uh, he decided and just received some human suggestion that it should build, all right, uh, high-rises in the place, and that people will come in, and from the money they get in leasing out, all right, the apartments there, they will be able to fund the church. And his wife warned him about it, that we have always used God's method in order to access God's resources. And she didn't think that that method was going to work. Well, to cut the long story short, it did not work. And the project now extended because they were right there. Debt was accumulating based on the apartments that they had built. And it extended for years without any real solution. So human solutions there, apart from God's guardians, that's why when you pray, then you open his manual, his book, and everything uh, that is told you in that book, do it, right? And then results begin to come. Desperation pushes us to make mistakes, which means the reason why people make mistakes, they're desperate about things, and it pushes us to make mistakes. But the truth is, if we can just turn uh, those desperate situations over to God, and be still there with him, it becomes a divine channel for his blessings. When men yield their problems to God, then they become his opportunities to show his love and his power. And I heard a lady say that she was ministering, and she said this, she was talking about something, and she said, and it struck a very deep chord in me, she said Jesus, when he was going to multiply the loaves, took the loaves, and after he had blessed it, he broke it, he gave thanks and broke it. And then the multiplication began. And she said, if we will give thanks to God for the breaking within our lives, in other words, that we, when we get broken, we give thanks and surrender that unto God with thanksgiving, that from those places will come multiplication. Uh, And it's so true. In other words, for Jesus to experience resurrection, he had to go to the cross. And he said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But after it has experienced death, which looks like the worsening of the condition of that seed, because it has experienced death, it says then it becomes fruitful. Uh, So what happens here is that death was uh, the experience of the cross. And when Jesus took the loaves, he broke the loaves there, which means that the breaking is an experience of the cross. So God takes a person, blesses a person, and then says now you're going to get multiplied you have to survive my breaking process, and so in his hands it breaks. And when it begins to break, because people believe the blessing is being broken, all right, they begin to murmur and complain and wonder where God is. But the secret is to yield unto God, and even that breaking there as an act of God we received with thanksgiving. And once we do that, then it becomes a channel for the flow of God's power, all right, and God's love into our lives. I mean, a person can say, well, I have a job, a good job, I'm blessed. And then God takes the job and says, I will break this. And what happens is there's no continuity because we start complaining, uh, we're in our hearts, Uh, We get upset, we go into denial, we get angry, get resentful, uh, blame the people that are involved in the breaking process, all right? But if we will yield ourselves unto God right there and thank Him for the breaking and say that I'm in the hands of my Father and in His sovereignty has chosen to do this, as Jesus was blessed doing miracles, healing all the oppressed, and curing all forms of disease and ailment, and it was the best of what we felt we could get from God, Jesus in the flesh, doing all of those things. But God said, there's more all right than what you are experiencing here. So he took Jesus and broke him on the cross, and Jesus there, uh, with rejoicing and thanksgiving, worshipped God, and that led her into another place, all right, that God could now do much more through Jesus Christ, which means there was a multiplication of his presence all over the earth. But what happens is, most of the time, people, all right, get offended in the process, and and they are bought what God intends to do, uh, because they don't yield to him, and, and yield, all right, the experience to him in thanksgiving as an opportunity for him to show his love and power in their lives there. So we to yield that. So if you're going through any form of breaking, all right, right now, which means that there appears to be a, a worsening, so to speak, in the condition, all right, of your life, which means, well, when I came in in January 1st, all right, all these things were together in my life, and all of experience was a breaking, all right, in this first nine months, and a ball came, and I was broken there right, take that particular thing, yield it, all right, unto God, all right, in thanksgiving there, uh, take it to Him, you'll say, well, broken, all right, expectations that were met, disappointment, uh, uh, the way you are treated, take everything, all right, to God, turn it over to Him, uh, and, and worship Him, and, and give Him thanks for it, and, and you'll find out that it becomes a divine a channel, or a divine channel for His blessings which means that it becomes a channel. First thing you are going to experience in his presence is healing, all right, from the pain of the experience. And once you experience that in his presence, then you understand the sting has been taken out. Then the next thing you are going to see is the resurrection there, which means what no man's eye has seen, airhead. heard, Heart conceived, we thought the best of God was what was going on in the life of Jesus on the earth. It was even unimaginable, all right, to say the least. And then God says, There's more, all right, to life than this, but to get into this experience, we've got to break. And so He breaks, all right, but He says, Then I can multiply you now, right, but we stop there, and people die in that process. Out of internal wounds and bleeding, all right, which must and will occur, right? Which is the cross. But if we yield unto God that way and thank him and worship him, uh, so you need to do this. I it wasn't part of my steps, but the strong unctioners came on me to stay with it. You need to do this as the first step. In other words, you experienced any form of disappointment, you experienced anything as a curveball this year, that you that broke you, right? Really broke you understand that God is going to raise something new out of, all right, that situation there. And, and our theme for next year is actually, all right, God will do a new thing. So maybe I'm stepping into that, all right? So he, 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 will, he will bring a new thing, all right, out of that particular experience there and, and, and do something powerful beyond. That's why it says, what no man I have seen, heard, uh, had conceived, God has prepared for them that love him. That love there means they demonstrated their love towards God while they were going through this and and demonstrated faithfulness that we talked about last week. So the key is to mix the word with faithfulness, and what happens is you will hear his voice speak to you, and as you do what he says, results will come. Uh, And that's what um, the writer of Hebrews was saying. He said, you should hold fast your confidence, which is the answer to your prayer, and you're rejoicing and hope firm unto the end, uh, but while you are doing that, he says, mix the word with faithfulness. He says, so what's going to happen is there will be a breaking process here. It says, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. He said, harden not your heart, which means the breaking, all right, is occurring, Harden not your heart in that particular day. which were there, yield unto him, because it's going to yield, all right, things, massive things within your life. So spend time thanking God, right? I know it's counterintuitive, thanking God for these contrary things, uh, thanking Him and and taking the situation and saying, I worship you with this, I bring this this breaking process before you in worship, all right, I I bring it before you and, and sing before Him there, and you'll see what God will bring out of that particular situation there. So, the four things I want to talk about, in addition to this, in terms of empowerment, is, uh, first of all, all right, in this last three months, learn to pray with faith from a pure heart. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22, uh, learn to pray with faith from a pure heart. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22, it says, let us draw near with a true heart in a full assurance of faith this is what we're talking about, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed there with pure water. So it says let us draw near with a true heart, in the full assurance of faith. So come near unto God and pray, All right, pray with faith, with a pure heart. Now, what do we mean by this? Now, If you want to really get into the intelligence of God, take the Bible as one book. And even where you struggle with things, just understand it's the same person that wrote the entire book from Genesis, all right, to Revelation. So, if we look at Psalm 24, Psalm 24 and verse 3 to 5. Uh, Look at this here, Psalm 24, 3 to 5. It says, Who shall ascend into the holy hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place. It gives us the description, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, and one that has not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully. In verse 5, it says, he shall receive the blessing, that's the empowerment from the Lord, and righteousness from the God, Of his salvation. So it talks about coming there, uh, put up verse 4. It says, coming there, all right, with clean hands and a pure heart, all right, approaching God that way. Now, let me also read one more scripture in the New Testament so I settle this with it. This is exactly the same thing that James was talking about in James chapter 4. And I believe in James, he was, he was quoting what, all right, um, and the same thing the writer of Hebrews was saying, in James chapter 4, he was saying this, and verse 7, all right, and 8. Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you, which means if you move close to him, you will feel his presence. And how do you draw now unto him? Cleanse your hands. You see that? Sinners, that means where you have made mistakes. Purify your heart. Put up Psalm 24, verse 4. Look at he lifted it from what David said. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. James 4, and verse 8. It says, purify. Verse 8. It says, uh, purify. Draw now unto God. He will draw now unto you. Cleanse your hands, you see, that purify, all right, your heart. You're double-minded, and then um, he went on with that. So, what do they mean by this, all right? Now we, we've looked at this, and we have discarded what David said, and said, well, you know, we are not on, um, you know, the Old Testament, so you know, we can we can just come up to the uh, to the place is by the blood of Jesus. But I quoted Hebrews there that it says, let us come in a full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with, all right, uh, pure water there. When, when these people will go up to go and meet with God, there was some preparation they made in the Old Testament was a type. And this is what he was talking about. So, to come there and pray with faith, all right, from a pure heart. Number one, if there is any known sin. That's sin that you know that what you are doing is sinful. All right? In the eyes of God. All right? You are coming up to God in prayer. Don't run away from him. But even if there is ongoing practice of sin in your life, don't run away from God. You cannot solve the problem outside of God. You can never solve the problem outside of him. All right? mistake Adam made. As God was coming with the solution, Adam came with these fig leaves that he tied around himself, all right, or leaves rather that put around himself, and and God said, No, the solution here is, is a blood sacrifice and wrapped him around. So even when man sinned, right, God came to man and was coming with a redemptive plan, all right, for him there, showing him that your own arrangement cannot solve this particular problem. Well, if there is ongoing sin, now confess that known sin unto him and bring it to God in prayer. Which means when you're praying, come to him with it and open your heart to him in prayer. Now, don't run away from God and think that you can please him by your own personal human struggle for victory. Bring it to him and then ask him in the place of prayer which is what they call repentance, to turn your heart away from it, all right, and to turn it towards him, all right, which is in repentance. So go to him, acknowledge it, and ask him to turn your heart away from that particular thing, all right, and turn your heart to him. David prayed this way, and I'll show it in the New Testament. Psalm 119, and verse 25, he said this, alright, my soul cleaveth unto dust. To so cleave means there's an inordinate affection for something that is of the flesh, called it dust, alright, my soul cleaves unto this thing, it, it, it's holding onto this thing. He said, quicken thou me according to thy word, which means quicken me here. My my soul is holding on to this. Remember, uh, the Bible says, God is the one who is at work in you, both for you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Except God performs the task in you, it cannot be accomplished. So David went to him in prayer and said this, pull out the scripture, my soul cleaveth unto dust, which was an acknowledgement of what was going on. Then he asked him, quicken thou me, according to thy word, which means you have given me your word, which is the standard for my life. Now I need you to quicken me so that I can, I can, I can live, all right, and, and walk according to this word. Why is this important? In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, how did we get out of all right, the sinful life? It says, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, wherein in time past, now get there, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the spirit, or prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, in whom we had a conversation in time past in the lost, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind of America, which means you were quickened out of it. So to get you out of any, all right, inordinate thing there, a practice of sin, it takes a quickening, which means, god himself it cannot be done outside of this many people are struggling and wonder why am i struggling you have to ask god that's why the bible says in john if you see your brother sin, a sin which be not unto death you shall ask god life for him that's what he says you will ask god to quicken him in other words there's a shortage of life in his soul so the soul is cleaving onto things there And so he needs the person needs to be quickened, all right, according, all right, to the word of God there. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.